Americans, they watch the beach and then they come yeah. here and think they're they're Leonardo DiCaprio and they're cooler than everybody. Aren't <laughs> <laughs> um, we the worst? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, Australians just we just send all our creepy sex pats to to, to, South, <laughs> to Thailand. So I don't know. I'd rather uh, the Leo DiCaprio one of these. <laughs> Tuesday and welcome back. You're listening to Comes With Baggage podcast and this is Kate. And this is Chris. And we're both very lively today. I love it. We're full of beans. It's like, yeah, I did. Well, I just chugged a can of Coke at 11 p.m. So that's why I'm so fiery. <laughs> I know I've already been up for two hours. I went to a spin class. You guys should all be very happy that you can't see or smell me right now. Oh, well, um, did you not shower or? No, I did have a shower, but um, I shoved some food in my mouth before we started recording, and I ate an onion bagel with a garlic hummus and chili flakes. Ooh, yeah, don't download was... the um, don't download the smell enabled podcast episode today. <laughs> no, um, but it's just me and me and a couple of dogs. I'm at dog sitting for another dog. Uh, they're doing like a test run because I might get her all summer while her mom oh. is studying abroad in. Switzerland and Italy uh, for some like architecture program. Oh, cool. And she's going to be gone for like two or three months. And so I get to uh, have her dog, but we're doing like a test run because we want to make sure that she gets along with Loki, even when they're left by themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Because she's a very nervous, very submissive uh, golden retriever. Like, she's scared of the doggy door. She's scared of any sudden movements <laughs> or noises. She stays glued to you at all times, so she just, like, follows me around the house nonstop. Aww. Um, and But she's very, very sweet. Um, but, yeah, they're the only ones that have to deal with my garlic onion breath. <laughs> oh, that's good. They probably like it. Dogs dogs eat cat poo, so, you know. That's true. This is true. Yeah. They're weird creatures. How's your week? My week's been good. Um, Rochelle, my better half, had some friends uh, visiting from her study abroad days. So we were sort of playing tour guide here, taking them to the old town to go Pokemon hunting and eating all the Vietnamese. Uh, And we went scuba diving on Monday, which I haven't done since I broke my arm two years ago. So (laughs) if you you listen to last... heard about, yeah. Yeah, last week we talked about how I broke my arm post-scuba dive, but while on a scuba diving trip. Uh, So yeah, this is my first time on a dive boat. I'm pleased to say I did not fall over at any point. Um, all and your you bones know, are intact. It, yeah, all my bones are fine, and it's like um, they say, it's like riding a bike. It was, it was really good to get back in the water and, yeah, just do a couple of like forty-five, fifty-minute dives uh, on Chum Island, which is a marine reserve nearby. It was, it was really cool. Um, super relaxing and uh, kind of fun to do something that isn't hanging out in our co-working space or, you know, taking road trips out of town. We just explored our backyard. What was the coolest thing that you saw on your dive? Uh, we saw a frogfish, which is, what is uh, that? they're like ugly. They're really ugly, but, <laughs> but, but ugly, but then they become cute because they're just so unfortunate looking uh, that it's kind of adorable. And they, they don't really swim. They kind of like sit on the bottom and they sort of, it's tiny little fins, like they're like T-Rex arms. And they sort of flop from side to side and sort of let those propel them forward. Mm-hmm. Like, so they kind of walk like a, a frog would. Um, but yeah, I got, I'd never seen one of them and they're apparently a pretty rare sighting here and we saw one like first dive 10 minutes in. Um, we'll have so to cool. throw was... a picture of one up on the Instagram so you guys can get a visual of what one looks like. 
Yeah, they're yeah they're they're hideous. There's a lot of ugly fish out there, and there's a lot of gorgeous fish. And um, I saw a bit of both. I saw they're them. They're both entertaining saw... to see. Yeah, yeah. There's the only thing. There's nothing boring in the ocean, um, which is kind of perfect because this week we are talking to like a scuba expert. Um, yeah. So um, he writes the very popular um, art of scuba diving blog. Um, he's been diving all around the world, done more than a thousand dives in some of the most obscure places you'd imagine. Um, so today she we're going to talk like to Justin. Be all know all of diving. He knows his shit, yeah. Um, yeah. And like, and not just like the main dive stuff. Like he's been to some of the most like places that are only famous for diving and only famous with divers. Yeah. Um, not your so it's going to be touristy destinations. Yeah. So it's going to be fun to chat with him about you know, how to get started in scuba, the craziest stuff he's seen, the things he still needs to see, the scariest stuff that's happened and, <laughs> and everything in between. So we had a really good chat uh, with him and I think everyone's going to really enjoy sort of learning a bit more about the, the art of scuba diving. For sure. Um, and real quick, before you guys dive into that uh, interview, be sure you're following us on Comes With Baggage Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And CWB Podcast on Twitter. I've been bad this week. I promise I'll be very good. <laughs> next week um and you can always email us it comes with baggage podcast at gmail.com if you have any questions any advice any feedback any you know maybe you're going on a trip or maybe you're you've listened to an episode and you have more follow-up questions feel free to send them our way we're happy to answer and um rate review and subscribe so yeah don't forget people that can discover us and airdrop yes strangers do it <laughs> Airdrop it, just get it out there. It's like crop dusting, but less cruel. (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, I I hope it's less cruel. I don't know if I'd like to be compared to the the audio version of a fart. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that was a great comparison, but I'm here for it for the humorous reasons. (laughs) And Um, yay. Yeah, well, uh, go ahead and listen on and enjoy this uh, interview with Justin from The Art of Scuba. Guys, so we are here this week with Justin from Art of Scuba Diving. How are you doing today, Justin? Doing pretty good. Thanks for having me. Hey, yeah, thanks, thanks for, for being awake at the same time as us. It's, it's always good. Hey, I'm only I'm only an hour away from you, so it's easy. That's right. Yeah, you're in uh, in Chiang Mai at the moment, so we're practically neighbors. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I don't even think there's a time difference. There's not, right? It's 9.30 where you are too, right? Yeah, I think so. Perfect. Yeah. See, I, I thought of that when I organized this. 9.30 p.m. your guys' time and it's 7.30 a.m. my time in California. You're like the unsung yeah. hero because I, if you asked me to record a podcast at 7 a.m., I'd be like, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been up for two hours already. <laughs> I, you've done a spin class and eaten a bagel. You're on fire. Who are you? <laughs> I'm an anomaly. <laughs> So, um, so Justin, uh, obviously you blog at uh, The Art of Scuba Diving. Um, so give us the sort of the Justin story. What got you into scuba? What made you want to write about it? You know, the, the journey up till now. Um, well, I think in 2010 I got certified in Mozambique. I was on a school trip with my university and that also kind of started my travels. Um, I ended up leaving my classmate. Well, I guess they left me. I didn't go back to school. I missed my flight on purpose and just stayed 
Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Um, I called my mom and my roommate at the university and said, "Sell my shit. I'm not going home." <laughs> oh my god, um, that's fucking epic! What were, you, what were you? What were you studying? What What did you give up? Uh, history. Oh, okay. So, I mean, it yeah, wouldn't have his- got you anywhere anyway, just like my degree. <laughs> oh, exactly. It was uh, it was just for fun. It was history and business. And uh, I mean, I started traveling Africa. I mean, just that school trip was through Africa. And we, I was just learning more than I could ever do in three years in university. So, yeah. Uh, I started, I mean, I missed my flight, but I had $400 to my name. So I had to get a job right away. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I started working at the dive center there in Mozambique, and that paid for the accommodation. I mean, accommodation. They let me put a freaking tent in their on their beach. <laughs> nice. That's nice. And and food, and and then they let me work at the dive center, and I made a little bit of money. And so then I go, just. Oh, I was gonna say. So did you go through like a, a several certifications with them, or just doing your open water there? No, just the one because I was so poor. <laughs> Um, but that got me traveling like a discount because you were working there yeah it was it was basically free okay yeah um but just the first one so yeah that got me traveling and i mean just to speed up the story i i traveled all over africa and in this kind of way just finding hostile jobs or wherever bars Mm -hmm. bouncing in australia like anything you can think of just stay on the road (laughs) And that sounds I started like my, my life first... story. <laughs> yeah, that's very tight. I traveled the wrong way. I, I always needed like a nine to five job and the security of an apartment prearranged for me. No. Yeah, I I definitely escaped that. I just, just something came over me on that school trip. I was like, I was never been happier in my life. And then until the end where I knew I had to go back home, I, I got pretty dark. I was like, oh, fuck it. I got four, $400 to my name. I'm no help back home, no rich parents, no nothing. Yeah. If I miss this flight, it's a $2,000 flight to get home from Southern Africa. Jeez. Uh, but I didn't give a shit. I just, I just said, screw it. Um, and it's the best. I, I still haven't been home. That was 10 years ago. Really? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wow. so busy. Like, yeah. like most people, you know, their first trip is, you know, to Canada or Fiji. And then, you know, they sort of amp up to doing the big move. You just went for it, like, all in. Well, I joined this university because they started this amazing outdoor program where they do international trips between semesters. And when I, the year I started university, it was, the first trip was to Indonesia. And I was like, man, that's my dream trip. But I missed it. Oh. I was like, I don't care where you're going. I'm going on your next trip. And yeah. for somebody that's never been out of, this, out of Colorado, basically, <laughs> um, when they told me the next trip was South Africa, I was like, uh okay like, it's not my that's not my first choice I, it wasn't even on my radar what the hell is malawi what the hell is <laughs> zambia uh but we started doing research and plot like the students planned it and um i mean it was no i didn't care where we we're going really as long as we were going as long as i could go yeah so that's a feeling i can definitely relate to and just sometimes you just need to get out and stay out for a, well in your case a decade but yeah uh, i usually i usually do a year or two uh, at a time with like brief forays back home but uh yeah, i definitely can relate to not necessarily wanting to be home well the main reason i didn't go back home is i couldn't afford it yeah. i mean i'm so far from home if i went oh i'm gonna go visit i'm homesick if i go visit for a month or a week mm. or whatever that's that's a shitload of money that 
I could travel Europe with or I could go to the next spot. Yeah. So every time I got homesick, I would call my mom. I mean, all it is is my mom. And she'd say, what the hell are you talking about coming home? You're going to come home. You're not going to find a job. You're going to go back to school, be miserable. And or and leave again. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or you're just going to talk about travel or you can stay there and just go to the next spot and the next spot. So I was like, you know what? I want to travel the world and I am traveling the world, but I don't want to be. I don't want to be poor. I want to make a, a living. I want to make it sustainable, make a living out of it. And that's when I started my uh, first blog. And, uh, nice. and sorry, real quick. So at that point you had never left Colorado before. No, I mean, I had, I chased a girl to Texas when I was 20 and that lasted like three months. And then I hitchhiked back home. Oh, well, that's Texas, about it. Mozambique. Well, I mean, hitchhiking, just, just similarities. You've always had an adventurous spirit then. That's for sure. Uh, or I've always been broke. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I do like though, that you mentioned your mom was really is really supportive because I think that's really important for people who choose this lifestyle. Like, yeah, I got, got I got something. really lucky because I know a lot of friends are like, man, I really want to do this, and their parents are so strict. They're just down on them. Like, you are not leaving school. You're not leaving the mm-hmm. six figure uh, job, which I had. I was I was working in the oil field. Um, you know, and then even after, if they still do it anyway, my friends, uh, all right, you've been gone long enough. You need to get back to the real world. Quit fucking up your life. You've had your fun. You need to grow up now. Oh, I hate that talk. But my parent, my mom was like, she was the opposite. She's like, I already have a boring son. He's doing the (laughs) whole American dream. He's got 15 kids or whatever. Uh, you need to live your dream. And so I could live vicariously through you. (laughs) <laughs> and it's that's the only way I could have kept going because um, it, it got kind of lonely, yeah, especially when I was broke. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, and important there. question: has has your mom? Have you seen her in that ten years? Has she visited, or have you found a place to meet in the middle, or has it just been Skype and phone calls? Yeah, I've seen her once in ten years. Um, last year, or maybe a year and a half ago, when I sold my blog, I actually needed to make a a trip to America to. Uh, to pick up some stuff, uh, just, just to do some business for my next blog that I yeah. started right after that. Mm-hmm. So I, I went to see her, but she had moved to Montana. She moved no. to, uh, off the grid, like cabin out in the mountains, uh, and retired. So I didn't even get to see my friends or my other family in Colorado. I just seen her oh, wow. in Montana. Yeah. Man. That's the only time since 2010. Wow. Wow. So before I forget, because you did mention earlier that uh, Indonesia was kind of like your dream trip. And I, th- I thought that, like, I love Indonesia, but that's not a common thing to hear someone say. What is it about Indonesia that sort of had your imagination even before you'd left home? Uh, the diving. Even before I got certified, I'd, I'd done a bunch of diving in, like, Lake Powell and around Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, my teach, my professor, a few friends, they'd always gone to, like, Borneo and Rajampat, Komodo, Bali, and I just I really wanted to go um, anywhere in Southeast Asia. Hell, I, I didn't care where I go, but Indonesia sounded <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And I think I think as a brand new traveler, it sounded super remote. Yeah, <laughs> I think yeah. the sound, just the name Indonesia, just sounds like like it's exotic, really right? Far. The yeah. Dutch East Indies, yeah. And have you it's made kinda, it? To, to, uh, maybe to not Indonesia. to Australians. It's like your Mexico for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty damn far for me. It is a lot like Mexico in that regard because it's like just like Mexico. There's only really one part of it we all go to. 
Like it's just it's Bali. I mean, I've I've done Sumatra and I've done Lombok, but uh, most people just Bali and then maybe Gili and then out. Yeah. 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 And Americans they go they go to the uh, Yucatan. Yeah. So you've you've obviously been to Indonesia. You've made that dream come true. Have you hit all your favorite? Oh uh, yeah. I, I think uh, at least a dozen times now. I mean, I okay. I made sure that happened, and then I've done press trips every year. I've done, um, I yeah, I've I've crossed that one off many times. <laughs> That's good. And actually, it was you who convinced you sort of I think mentioned to my fiance when we were going that we should go diving and pull our way. Um, oh yeah. Which incidentally is where I broke my arm. Um, so oh. last, week, la- last week's episode was about travel insurance, and I broke my arm scuba diving on Pulau Way, um, but not not while diving. Yeah, I fell it wasn't diving's fault. Boat. Yeah, it was. Yeah, a if you'd have just if you'd have just been in the water, you'd have been all right. I know I should have if I had better breath control because I came up after yeah. thirty five minutes and she had fifty. So by the time yeah. she came up, I was already like lying on the on the deck with blood coming out of my wounds and and oh, barely sure. conscious. So. Um, yeah. Not that I begrudge you that. That was a beautiful place to dive. Uh, it was actually. It so, was, it was worth so you're saying what you're saying is it's Rochelle's fault, really? Yeah, really. I mean, yeah. she has She's a lot to answer here. for. Yeah. She's, <laughs> She's in the other room. She'll she'll get hers. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So you used to blog at uh, True Nomads. Uh, I think was the name. But you yep. sold that to focus on scuba. Like, what made you decide to sort of abandon something you'd put so much work into? And focus on something new because it's quite intimidating to just start from scratch. Yeah, I just felt the environment changing of the blogging world uh, as a business, and I was making pretty good money on there. And I was like, well, I, I had already started blogging on there about scuba diving, and I really wanted to get into underwater videography, and I was I was basically doing it anyway. And I bought the domain name uh, artofscubadiving.com and but it's hard to put your time, split your time between two businesses. Oh God, yeah. yeah. And I just wanted to, you know, I, I just felt when I when I when I started my blog in 2012 or 13, whatever it was, it was really a new thing. There wasn't competition. I mean, mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Gary Arndt became my mentor, and we we hung out a lot. We talked. We still talk at least once a week, and. Um, basically when I, by the time I sold it, I was like, it's so crowded now. There's so much competition. Everybody's doing the same kind of strategy. I either need to totally redo it or, um, do something to raise the ceiling of Mm -hmm. my goal, my income goals or whatever. Um, and so instead of doing that, instead of redoing it, I, I sold it so I could have a big budget to, to start another one with a, uh, yeah, much bigger um, goal, I guess you'd call it. It's funny because I said uh, I said like it was sort of a scary thing, but I guess you're not really a stranger to just being like, I'm going to start something new because you did that in Mozambique uh, and then you did it here. And obviously, I think I can understand what you mean with blogging. It does get – it's so crowded. There's so many new bloggers and it's so listically and SEO-y now. Like I can imagine the desire, like the appeal of – uh, writing about something you're actually passionate about instead of just trying to, you know, game the system and make money that way. Yeah, it's not just that. It's more like, I mean, I, I look look at the internet and who's making like the real money. You know, it's 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 dudes like Lonely Planet or Matador Network or 
these huge magazine style like mm-hmm. uh faceless uh not blog yeah. not personal blogs yeah you know? yeah it's true and so well and they have multiple contributors yeah so and that's what i have now i have yeah i have about eight to ten writers um i send people on press trips around the world uh good for photo- underwater photographers stuff like that it's not me it's not my blog and so it's more it's it just has a much much bigger ceiling i could write about every country i mean we have you know five almost 600 landing pages wow um, you know guides basically and and uh that's just because we're just getting started i started in may and so this month was my one year uh challenge my one year anniversary to see if i to see if it was worth doing oh wow and then and, and, and- yeah, congrats. A year's no no small thing. And I assume you've decided that it is worth doing. Like it's <laughs> it's it's working for you. Yeah. yeah, definitely, definitely. We hit um I already caught up to what I was making on my old blog that took, you know, five, six years. Yeah. Wow. And it's got it's just starting. I mean, I have no backlinks. I haven't it's just a completely different strategy and um it's really paying off. We already have six hundred or almost six hundred uh pages. Um, like 400 something, almost 500, uh, posts, uh, wow. Just, wow. just building the blog, basically hired a real SEO team and we're, I'm trying to stick to completely white hat tactics. Like the old blog, we got away with a lot of, uh, at least gray hat <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. The link styles and the, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even, even sponsored posts, I'm turning down money every day. I'm not, I'm not taking anything from, links selling links or anything and i'm not you know i want to be the one buying links they're the ones making money like like yeah. orbits or something and i so think you... i think this just turned into a business podcast yeah. or something. no but that's good i mean people are we'll get back on to scuba but just before we move i'm just curious so is it mostly just uh through affiliate that you make your money then on the on the site or is it like uh subscriptions to like download ebooks and things uh no, it's it's all affiliates at, at this point um, I'm just starting to put on Mediavine and, and stuff like that, but that's not that's not even in the game plan. That's just kind of that'll help help pay for writers, you know. Yeah, yeah. Fortune on writers or SEO team, any or not? Yeah, wh- whoever. All um, that stuff. Just, yeah, but so right now it's affiliates, but we're setting up tours, uh, or we're gonna set up tours. We're setting up the big thing will be our own booking system. So I just wanted to. F- basically throw mud at the wall and see what sticks on Google. <laughs> That's why we wrote about every country and location that we could find that has scuba diving and nice. kind of made a, a landing page, a guide, you know, like scuba diving, Indonesia, scuba diving, Vietnam, whatever, everywhere, not just countries, but the each location in the country. And then we're going to go back at the end of this year, see what stuck, uh, see what we're really ranking for. Like, like cenotes in Mexico. For mm-hmm. example, and since we're getting traffic there, we're going to be setting up tours, not so tours that I run, but like uh, I can make my own book tours through that. Yeah, yeah. And it'll make it much bigger commission than uh, like if you're selling something on Get Your Guide, like yeah. an affiliate on Get Your Guide. <laughs> um, and on top of that, there's no booking system for scuba diving. So if you if you're an affiliate for Get Your Guide or Booking.com, like any hotel, all you get is a small commission for 
accommodation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's nothing for you know how much scuba diving is. Yeah. So what if somebody books a week of accommodation, but they also book a week of diving or courses or both? I mean, that's thousands of dollars per person. Mm-hmm. So that's where the real money is. Well, so, yeah, it sounds like you got a really good plan. Back to oh, um, hopefully the scuba stuff. <laughs> back to, yeah. What are the different levels of uh, diving certifications, and like, what do they mean? What uh, do they well, allow if, you to do? <laughs> the biggest organization, and I'm an ambassador for these guys, but they are the best organization is Patty, and um, you could do your intro like you did, uh, yeah. but that's not a certification. That's just to see if you're if you can if you want to do it. Yeah. And then you and then you have the open water diver, which takes you. You can it, after you pass qualified for. Oh God, it's been so long, but I think twelve meters. Uh, fifteen, I think. 15, Is it? Right? Yeah, I think so because I've got my open water. All right, fifteen then. Yeah. And then um, after that, you need a few dives, but then you could take advanced, which should take you to eighteen meters. It's okay. not. It's not a whole lot different. It's just. More, more book work, more training, and they'll work on things that you need to work on. So if you need buoyancy work, they'll focus on that, whatever it is. And that'll get you to 18 meters. Uh, from there, uh, at least I took uh, deep water speciality. Okay. And uh, uh, that take am – I, I don't – Am I right with that 18 meters now? No, I'm, I'm completely off. It's, yeah, hey, I'm going to get it up for you really quickly. Uh, Patty, I can't uh, believe I'm, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, I mean, how many dives have you done now? Like while I'm Googling this, you're oh, probably. I'm at, <laughs> I'm at 1100 and something. Yeah. Oh, so wow. it's been a while since you've been, you've been limited right. by this. Um, uh, I think now that I think about it, it might be 30 meters. 30 is advanced. For and advanced. uh yeah, and then it's up to 18 for open water. There you go. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, okay. So 30 meters right. for advanced, so you almost double it. Yeah. Yep, yep. So then after advanced, I took the deep water speciality, which is just like a – it's kind of like a sub-course. They have all the speciality courses you can take if you want. Okay. And that, that got me – You, if you take that, you can go to 40 meters. And which then, is crazy um, deep. Like people don't think about it, but like – that's deep, you know, like yeah. it's, there's not a lot to, like even 15 meters is deep when you're at the bottom of the water. Like you, you would have experienced this, Kate, in your dive. Like you look up and you're like, that is a long way up. Like it doesn't sound like a lot in your head. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Honestly, when I did my first dive, I wasn't sure I was ever going to dive again. <laughs> After really? That, I like freaked out. I definitely, and I'm someone that prides myself, like I'm pretty adventurous. I, um, not a lot scares me. Like I've been skydiving, loved it. And I've snorkeled a bunch, but I did like the, I did the three day sailing trip on the wet Sundays and I did the boat that comes with an intro dive. Mm-hmm. And I went with a friend of mine, Emily, who's very, uh, she couldn't even swim barely. Oh, like wow. she could doggy paddle. That was about it. We were like in the early beach lagoon in Australia, teaching her how to swim the day before we left on the boat. She's very clumsy, freaks out super easily about stuff. Um, we were the first ones off the boat to go to do our intro dive. And I just like, it's such a weird feeling to breathe underwater when it's especially your first so, time doing so it. So did you, did you have uh, ear problems at all? No, no, no ear problems. Wow. So have you ever heard of somebody say there's no bad students, there's just bad teachers? You've had, you've heard that before? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely, I always tell people this, it's, it's the same it's this is it even more with diving. Yeah. 
if you find a good instructor and your ears were fine, that's the only thing that could physically stop you, mm-hmm. um, not mentally. Um, if you find a really good instructor, I guarantee you, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like if you don't give it up, you just, well, I mean, nobody is, nobody's like a fish the first time they jump in the water or <laughs> breathe underwater. Yeah. Well, um, I honestly, if you, if you do it, I guarantee you can get through it. I honestly think and, that he was so concerned, like with the fact that she couldn't swim. So it was he's just like distracted. holding her hand and making sure that she was okay. Ah. And I kept looking over at her and she was happy as a fucking clown waving <laughs> at me, giving me a thumbs up. And exactly. You you get a one on one or let me take you out as a dive master, do another uh intro dive, DSD. Um, somebody that like really focuses on like what you're thinking, what yeah. you need. I guarantee well, you you fall in love with it. Well once I um once I like looked up at her and she was just like so happy and like doing a good job, we came up for a second. And I was like, how are you, like, taking to this so easily? And I'm the one freaking out because this is not how I thought this would go. She's like, oh, I'm just doing yoga breaths. And she's like, just count six seconds as you breathe in and breathe out and you'll be fine. And I did that. (laughs) And then I was fine after that. And I calmed myself down. And I think I was just having a little bit of a panic attack. But It's funny funny you mentioned that because it was literally the same for me. Uh, I was dating a girl who really wanted to scuba dive. She insisted we do open water. I was not keen at all. Uh, but then when we went diving, she vomited in her regulator. That's how oh, nervous she got. And like, and she panicked and tried to swim to the surface. And our instructor had to like stop her and show her how to clear her regulator. And then of course, fish attack. Like they're not attacking, yep. but they they come yep, to eat yep. the yeah. vomit. And so she freaks out even more. And meanwhile, I loved it. Like I was I was dreading it up until I got in. And it was just it's the most relaxing thing. Like because you're just focusing on your breath and you're looking at stuff that's gorgeous and you're flying. Like. Yeah, when you're not when you're not focused when your mind's not on dying and you're just relaxed <laughs> and enjoying like when you're you're like start opening your eyes to what's around you and you realize holy shit this is awesome then it's the most awesome thing ever yeah i would agree <laughs> and it's just like race a uh, car racing or skydiving you got to get used you got to get comfortable and once you're comfortable you're good yeah. Then you can start doing training and getting real dives and deep, deep dives and whatever you want to do. Wreck so diving. So you, you're obviously you've, as you see, you've done over a thousand dives. Are you a dive master, an instructor? What's your current? Uh, yeah, yeah. So after the deep, after advanced and then a deep specialty, I did uh, rescue, uh, rescue diver, okay. um, CFR that's required, and then dive master. And I, I could easily uh, do the instructor course, but there's no – I'm not – instructors for people that want to work like a career out of teaching mm-hmm. people how to dive. I want to I wanna write about it. I want to – So what's the – I don't want to – What's the difference between dive master and instructor? Uh, I could guide people. I know I could rescue people. I can – I have all the same um, – qualifications as an instructor but the instructor course and i've helped people because i've run some a lot of dive shops around the world mm-hmm. well and i blog about it but uh the instructor course which is one more is uh it, they teach you how to teach it's yeah, not they don't okay. teach you how to do any, they don't teach you how to do any more diving or any, anything yeah. special it's just teaching you how to teach because that's a pretty big responsibility as yeah. well so on the topic of, of people who are sort of getting started in nerves and you said like, you know, a good instructor can show you, can make you comfortable. What would you say are the common like misconceptions, you know, first time divers have like, 
Because I, I, uh, so I, I mean, it's hard to say, but I, I hear people say, oh, I can't dive anymore. My my ears hurt or <laughs> I can't. I'm claustrophobic. I've heard like a thousand excuses, but if you really want to do it, I, I've seen people that are totally freaked out for like their whole course. And then after that, they're fu- they pass and they're, they get their confidence and now they're addicted. And <laughs> so... It's like, I don't know. Some people get nervous. I get nervous doing speeches. I hate it. I hate it. That's the only class in school and university I hated was speech, giving speeches in front of people. Mm-hmm. And then there's other guys that could do it like nothing. Yeah. And that's how it is with diving with me. So it's if, just, it's your thing. Yeah. It's just, it's just a mentality thing. It's, it's nothing physical stopping you. If, as long as your ears, um, and I, I've even had ear problems. It's not usually you can even get by that. You have to you have to show you techniques of how to clear your ears and all that in your sciences, and um, even that's not a problem most of the time. So yeah, there's yeah. a don't let anything put you off. You you can if you have a good teacher or a guide, <laughs> you can definitely get certified. And it's really not like people think of it as dangerous because you're underwater, but it's really not any more dangerous than most hobbies like as long as you know what you're doing and you're obviously taking care of your equipment it's not an inherently dangerous activity which i think a lot of people get daunted by it because you're underwater and there's there's stuff under there that could hurt you it depends who you are Uh, (laughs) there's some real idiots out there and i'm not like bashful Uh, uh, i mean i mean this is this is my world you know i blog about it i've been to this top dive locations and so i know I, I i can tell you a lot of horror stories but almost every accident that i've ever heard about from diving is from either a super new diver with a super complacent dive master or instructor mm-hmm. that lets something happen or just a really retarded person <laughs> um, like doing super deep dive like i used to live in egypt and a lot of people would die there when i was there and it's this is statistically it was these russians that just show up with a shitload of money they have like twenty thousand dollar uh gear and they they say like i was i was guiding in the blue hole which is notorious for people dying because it's so Mm -hmm. deep Mm -hmm. and they'd want me to take them down to the arch and i'm like dude i'm not taking you to 68 meters when i've never dove with you you know i've done it a lot but it's you got to know who you're diving with because yeah. I would take this guy for like this one. He had a dive master card. So I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. I'm just going to show him the blue hole. He doesn't need help. He's a dive master as well. Mm-hmm. And I took him out and he was horrible. He, he started sinking. He did like the death drop in the middle of the blue hole and I had to catch him. I caught him at 50 meters. Oh, so wait, um, wait, wait, for those who don't know, what's the death drop exactly? I mean, well, it sounds, get in the water like- <laughs> and I'm like, let's our, our dive, our dive profile. Our plan was, you know, there's a gradual slope uh, going around the hole with tons of reef. And we drop in, we drop to uh, maybe 30 meters slowly, but like at mm-hmm. a at an angle, mm-hmm. uh, following the hill. And that was the plan. And then at 30 meters, we hit 30 meters, we start coming up uh, slowly, uh, following the wall because it's so beautiful. And But as soon as we hit the water, we got to 10 meters. I say, are you okay? He signals he's okay. So I start guiding. I start, I say, let's go. And I turn around and then I turn back and he's just like sinking like a rock. Oh my God. Jesus. I'm like, what the, he didn't even know he was sinking. Oh, he's wow. just like, he's just like staring. Like he couldn't, 
apparently he had, he told me he had new gear and he couldn't find his inflator hose. So he didn't even realize he was sinking. He didn't realize that screaming computer w- was telling him he's probably about to die. Like yeah. he's oh my God. just so inexperienced and idiot. So um, did he like pay for that dive MasterCard or something? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. That's why I'm calling these people so stupid because yeah. they don't take diving serious and they pay for these fake cards. Or they, they pay an instructor. You could go to somewhere like Belize or Kotal, yeah. or you, you used to be a shit least. ton of money and say, dude, I'm not going to take this course. It's too damn long. I'm not spending eight weeks just to be a dive master, plus all the courses before that. Mm-hmm. I'll pay double. You just give me the card. And it wow. turns out that's what this guy did. It's so unsafe, though, for whoever oh, gave well, it to him. Not only did you spend double, but you almost fucking died. Yeah. A real dive master had to save your ass. If it, if it was another fake dive master, you both just would have died. Yeah. And I think so like now the people- and then it, it, it risked my life too, or or whoever else is in that situation. Like yeah. I had to dive down to much deeper depths to save his ass, and then make a controlled ascent because it's more dangerous coming up when you're at that depth. Yeah. Going down is nothing. You're not going to run out of air unless you're completely retarded and forget but <laughs> coming up is where i've seen more people die so if you're, yeah, that's fast if you're you know? someone that does want to get certified in something but you don't even know where to start like what is like how do you know like the best way to go about picking a school to get certified like you know that it's yeah, that safe is, that is that a good, <laughs> yeah that is a good question i i would go to patty.com and they have they 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 rate their dive shops or their patty dive shops, mm-hmm. and I guess unless you go to my unless you go to my site or somebody like or somebody that dives and they can recommend a place, I guess just go to patty.com and. So any school in the world that has like the patty certification or whatever will be on their site. I don't know about every school will be on their site, but almost every school in the world is a patty. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because almost every school in the world is a patty school, Um, but they're not all or they all they the instructors might be accredited with them, but they're not like five star or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Because that's the thing. There are a lot of disreputable. Not even distributable, just lazy or like uh, Rochelle, my fiance, did a dive in uh, in the Philippines where her tank uh, just came off mid-dive yeah. uh, and her friend's tank just – it was hissing uh, air out the whole time. So in the end, like she just said it was so – like it was, it was cheap, but it was it was cheap because they weren't taking any of the precautions. They they weren't really paying attention to who was diving with them. Mm-hmm. So she still like swears by you, you know picking paying that little bit extra and finding the people who have a good reputation rather than just going. Yeah. I want to get in the yeah. water. Yeah, I'm doing. Um, I don't know if you know. I'm chasing the top 100 dives in the world. So that means like diving with different people all the time. So I, I've experienced like. The best and the worst uh, dive sitters. I've have, I've got a lot of scary stories. What's your um, scariest scuba story? <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to scare people because I mean I have maybe five scary stories out of you know eleven hundred. But well, um, I mean, I sc- <laughs> if it's scary and you still dive, then it's admirable. yeah. And we'll, and we'll do a happy story afterwards, yeah. and that way it'll get the taste out of people's mouths. Yeah, I could give. It, yeah, it's just. If you have your own training, it doesn't matter if there's an accident. That's not your fault. You could at least handle it. I think one of the scariest stories was in Mexico and uh, a place called Mahawal. They flew me down there to 
I mean, no, I don't know. It's like a new dive, dive location. Area, it's still yeah. Yucatan, but nobody's heard of it. Oh. What's it kind of near? Um, well, it's famous for Chinchurro Island. Well, famous to divers, but it's between Tulum and Belize down okay. the coast. Yeah. Hmm. I've it's, been to yeah, both of those true. places, but I have not been to where you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a diver, I don't know why you would, really. it's I don't know what else there is to do there. But <laughs> So they flew me down there. I went. Uh, we did like a week of diving, and I made the mistake. I didn't bring any dive gear because they said they had a, a bunch. And I figured, well, if they, they could afford to fly me down, I'm sure they have nice gear. So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was the last time, by the way, I didn't bring my own gear. <laughs> yeah. So we went on a lionfish hunt with spear with spear guns and but I I also had a giant camera um, obviously <laughs> um and my camera's huge I don't know if you've seen pictures Chris on my site but I it's like probably 20 pounds and it's, yeah it's sizable <laughs> yeah just just the lights are as big as my head I got oh, two wow. of them so I'm trying to hold that in one hand and a spear gun in the other hand and we're going – this is a super deep dive. We're going at 40 meters. Wow. And I'm shooting, and there's a couple other people with us, and they're just friends, you know, because this is like uh, – I'm supposed to be the the one they're guiding so that I'll write about it. Yeah. Um, But they brought some friends, and they got to care. And they just – they, they kind of ditched me. Shit. <laughs> um, whatever, you know, I got a thousand dives. I don't need my handheld. So. Yeah. But then when I'm at 40 meters, my regulator exploded and whoa, uh, it just kind of free flew and you know, I couldn't breathe. So I went to grab my my spare regulator and it was gone. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It was, it was so it was so shitty that when I uh, jumped off the boat, it, it, it completely came apart. Oh there my was no God. the diaphragm came off the. Uh, the housing came off everything and it was completely useless as well oh wow and you so, didn't notice obviously until then oh no i mean i've it. never <laughs> i've hardly ever touched my regu- my spare my spare unless i'm helping somebody else but so now i'm at 40 meters you can't go up because that's that's where you really Too fuck quickly. yourself up yeah yeah i mean you need five minutes to go up and you can't hold your breath for five minutes jeez so and I also had all this shit in my hands that I can't, I can't move. You know, I have this giant camera, like as big as, <laughs> well, half as big as my, my, it's bigger than my tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not dropping $20,000 camera <laughs> either. So, no. <laughs> so what I had to do and I looked around, I'm like, well, I'll just steal somebody else's hose, but they, they were gone. They, these left. assholes. God. They chased some fish and they were gone. So I'm like, oh man, I'm fucked. So I'm trying to hover over this reef without touching it while my hose is free flowing and spinning in the water. I can't breathe. I'm holding all, all this spear gun and my camera and all this shit. And so I, I finally spot this sandy spot where I can sit down without hurting the reef or myself mm. or whatever. And I sit down in this, I kneel down in the sand and I take off my tank, my regular, like uh, my vest, everything, and uh, put it up front be- between my knees. And I, I, I put, you know, you can, you can drink out of your, your regulator if you do it sideways, if it's free flowing. Oh, it's kinda, I didn't know that. Like drinking out of, it's kind of like drinking out of a waterfall, but upside down and oh, you're drinking, shit. you're drinking the air or not a waterfall, wow. uh, a water like fountain. A, yeah. 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 
so you you basically tilt your head sideways and shoot the air or the bubbles into your face and drink whatever air you can. Holy crap. Um, so then I, I could, I take a big breath and I turn off my tank and then, uh, because if I, I can't go to the surface, but if I keep that flowing, it's going to run out of air. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have to turn off my tank. I, I bundled up my camera and my spear gun and everything in the vest. So it's, it's kind of like a torpedo and I could just swim. And then I started doing my ascent to, to do my safety stops. Mm-hmm. And, uh. I finally, I finally got to five meters where I could do my safety stop. And uh, every time I ran out of air, I would just turn on the tank and yeah, take, a, take, take a, a breath, take a breath of bubbles or whatever. <laughs> but you, you know how it is when your your regular overflows; it's like an explosion. And yeah, it's, it's hard to breathe. Wow. It's hard to breathe that. But uh, and then I would turn off my tank and then fin fin a little more because you can't go fast or you'll get bands or brain hemorrhage or whatever Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah because a then, lot of people who haven't dived might not know that like the bigger danger really is is that pressure and coming up too quick that's why yeah. you learn yeah, you would not from, you would not know that unless you took those courses that's why i yeah. hate these people that get a fake car because they're just asking to die yeah. i mean you hear stories all the time oh i got paralyzed from scuba diving well fuck you you wouldn't you wouldn't have got paralyzed <laughs> if you weren't a fucking idiot like i <laughs> yeah I, I had a thousand dives and I've never even got paralyzed. Yeah. You have three. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's the reason, yeah. the reason, uh, this happens is, um, have you, like, if you take a bottle of Coke and you shake the shit out of it and it's yeah. full of, um, carbon or, uh, Car- uh well, carbonation, carbonation, whatever. And if you open that, that the cap, when it's, it's full of carbonation, it explodes, right? Yeah. It's the same. It's the same with your body. When you're down there, the atmosphere pressures are keeping the like. Right now, we're breathing ambient air. We're taking in carbon, but as we exhale, we exhale like ninety percent. I don't know what percent, huge percent of it, and the rest comes out of our pores. But when you're underwater, it it can't come out. So even though you exhale most of it, it just keeps building up. And if you're, mm, that's why gotcha. you can only stay at forty meters. This atmosphere, this pressure, this atmosphere. And no matter what you do, your body is basically like that Coke bottle. And yeah. if you shoot to the surface where there's no atmosphere, there's no pressure, yeah. you're going to explode like that Coke bottle. All the gas bubbles in your body are going to conglomerate and take the easiest exit, which is your blood veins. And they, they get caught and they go up through your blood veins. They gather, gather and keep growing. And then they get caught in your uh, joints like your elbow. I've seen dudes come Jesus. out of the water and their oh. their legs like their leg is like sideways because all this gas oh. got in their joint and then it, it it became one big bubble and it oh. dislocated their their leg or their elbow or their finger from the inside. Wow! Or it could go so to your heart. What did or we learn, children? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I so that's what guide. the safety stops. That's that's what the safety stops do. You go up slowly. It's it's like it's like taking the bottle cap off super slowly and releasing so, the pressure. Yeah. So I just well, use that analogy. Well, on to a happier, happier topic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, I know I'm making it sound super scary, but it's the best experience you can do. You know? No, no, no. It's good to know these. Well, I mean, that just like reiterates that, like you know, take the training. proper training and courses, and pay attention to what these people are teaching you and. 
you know, go with people that are knowledgeable than you and may have, you know, a little bit more experience than you when you're diving. Um, Yeah, you want to go, you want to go skydiving for the first time by yourself and you want to hire like Bubba Steve from down the road to (laughs) teach you how to to skydive. So, um, and there's a lot more risks with uh, scuba diving. Yeah. So So if you do it right. What would you say is the most beautiful place you've scuba'd so far? Oh, that's a tough one. Over a thousand (laughs) dives, or the one, or I guess, I guess, my top one that surprised me. I have a uh, surprise. I think. Well, my top ones are in Indonesia and Philippines, Malaysia. Um, As a photographer, I like Dawan in uh, Philippines Mm -hmm. because it has some of the most rare exotic species like in the entire world out of all these dives i've only seen some of this stuff like there like flamboyant cuttlefish and a lot of different species of frogfish (laughs) i'm like nerding out on shit that like it's weird frogfish are cool though like i saw my first frogfish on monday and just the way they walk on the bottom of the water it's so weird and they're they're, like ugly but cute it's like they've gone so far towards ugly that they've started to circle back around to not just having a conversation with a friend about that yesterday when things are so ugly but then they become cute again. Yeah. Uh, that's how these are. And there's so many different species of them that some of them are super rare. They're really weird colors. I mean, it's hard to explain unless you've seen them. But uh, my friend's a frogfish biologist there in Darwin in Philippines. And he gives courses on, like, species identification just for frogfish. And he can take you out. And that's the only place in the world where he can take you out. And you're, you're like, guaranteed to see, like, five different species. Wow. Frogfish. But there's there's a ton of macro. That's like one of the best macro places in the world. And then Malapasco in Philippines is good for thresher sharks. Everybody oh yeah, knows Rochelle's, that. Rochelle's been there, yeah. Yeah, everybody knows the thresher sharks, but it's also uh, we found a lot of macro sites and secret caves and stuff that are full of hammerheads. There's wow. a spot that's just for um, mandarin um, mandarin fish and which I've never seen. I've seen them in Indonesia and that's it. They're super mm. rare. Mm. Uh, just really cool species. And then there's Apple Island in the Philippines, which is not as much about species. Than, and it's more about like incredible reef, mm-hmm. like the everyday diver would like, you know, like just, just beautiful everywhere you look. Yeah. Uh, the Chicago aquarium is this giant aquarium. It's really beautiful. They actually went to Apple Island and it's all based off of Apple Island. Oh, wow. oh, that's so cool. That's cool. Yeah. And then Indonesia, you can't beat Raja and Pat in the far east, um, Papua. That yeah, it's super isolated. Oh, man. It's insane there. They finally kicked out, like, the illegal fishers and dynamite fishers, and there's still no tourism, so the the marine life is insane. And is that the where... Reef I feel like I read something yesterday that was in Rajampat where like the climate change is actually making it grow yeah. like flourish. Yeah. There. That's, what, so that's actually, actually what I was just going to say. The it's, it's in the golden triangle oh, and yeah, it's one of the reef, the only reefs in the world that's actually getting better with global warming, <laughs> not, not worse Jeez. like Australia. Or oh, the, the great, the great, you've dived the, the barrier reef, I assume. Uh, I have not. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. That's where no. my intro dive was. I've dived somewhere you haven't. <laughs> I, because <laughs> I, I went there in 2000, no, 1998 and it was so vibrant and so beautiful. So when I went back to do my certification in 2010, I did it on the Barrier Reef and I was just like, am I remembering this wrong? Like, I don't remember it being yeah. this 
this pale. So I went back and found my photos and the, the level of bleaching that's taken place oh, there yeah. is just, it's so depressing and it's just getting worse too. Yeah. It's the same in the Caribbean. It's pretty depressing, but it's not like that in Malaysia, Indonesia, Philippines. So it's, it's insane. Yeah. So would you say Southeast Asia in general is the best sort of region in the world for diving, like in a broad sense? In general. Yeah. I mean, I guess for the variety, um, I mean, Thailand used to be, but there's just so many people. It's just overpopulated um, now. I mean, Koh Tao is the, the number one uh, place to get certified in the world, or the most certifications uh, per year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Damn. So that's saying a lot because there's a million <laughs> dive I centers. I thought that. Yeah, that's crazy. Because yeah, Koh Tao is uh, a tiny little island. Like, how, you exactly, can, exactly. There's not a lot on it. <laughs> what are you going to see when there's a million Other different people, people next to you? Jeez. Yeah, I have so, some friends that were that owned a dive shop in um, Phuket, and they were dive yeah. instructors down there for a long time. And they just said yeah, it's Thailand. crazy down there now. Yeah, Thailand's really been popular for this for a long time. Like Americans, they watch the beach and then they come yeah. here and think they're they're Leonardo DiCaprio and they're cooler than everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we the worst? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, Australians just we just send all our creepy sex pats to to, to, South, <laughs> to Thailand. So I don't know. I'd rather uh, the Leo DiCaprio wannabes. Yeah, like, uh, take them both. Whatever. <laughs> well, that's a, that's good to hear. Uh, so about. Thailand, Thailand's got potential, but it's kind of dying off in my eyes. It's not the best for Southeast Asia. Uh, but if you want to keep your eyes open for a new one, it'd be uh, Myanmar. I think. Really? Yeah, it's it's the same waters as Thailand, but it's protected and there's zero tourism. And they're just opening up to the west. I just got back uh, last month, and I'm going back in September when it's better season for diving. Uh, the the Mar- Margui Archipelago in the south, it's based on the Andaman Islands, but the Myanmar side, not the Thailand side. Oh. Um, so same same sharks manta rays whale sharks but no people no uh, you know no huge groups of chinese trying to take a selfie while they crush the reef or you know what i mean yeah yeah well that's actually good to know because rochelle and i are doing a honeymoon in thailand but that's you know that puts us really close she wants to do a lot of diving so that's actually good to know because we might duck up that way to get away from the crowds even if you want to go in thailand uh go on the adam and island side and like similan islands mm-hmm. um or those boats from similan islands that go into myanmar if you oh, don't awesome. want to just go to myanmar um but that's probably the best of thailand is similan island area similan island good to know yeah huh uh, but um yeah, that's, that's really good places- to hear about indonesia because i was because th- i really i've wanted to get my open water certification for a while and i was living and working in a hostel in Cancun, and we got a discount, but I was just so broke that I couldn't even afford the discounted price to get it done. Um, yeah, I actually just met some really good instructors in the Gili Islands. It's kind of popular as well, uh, kind of crowded, kind of a backpacker place, but um, there's some really good instructors in schools there. I just did my tech diving uh, course in Gili T. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah I, was, I got I got I, I got to the 73 head. meters. 70 jeez. Yeah, I think I'm going to head uh, to Bali for my birthday in October, so I'm going to have to look up some – any recommendations for some dive instructors there 
I'll have to pick your. Brain. I'll have to message you <laughs> later because I'm like, <laughs> he I'm doesn't so have you don't have like... an encyclopedic knowledge of them in your head. Yeah, I I usually do, but not during a like podcast. <laughs> all right, I'll pick your brain. Um, I know later. a lot of people in Bali, but in Gilly Islands, all three of them would probably be Blue Marlin or Komodo. If you go to Komodo Islands, uh, Blue Marlin dive shops there too. Awesome. Nice. So, and Komodo, go, Komodo is some of the best diving in the world as well, by the way. I really wanted to dive there. I did the the, the dragons and I did an overnight snorkeling yeah. thing there, but I would have loved to dive because the reef looked amazing. Oh, that was the first time I seen mantas was in Komodo. And I was just, it was one of those magical moments, you know what I mean? It was just, I had these giant oh, um, 11, 12 foot across mantas just dancing in front of me and playing with my bubbles while I'm laying in the sand filming them. They're and so it's just, wow. I got out of the water and got a manta tattoo that day. So, <laughs> shit. So, that while we're on the topic, then, what's the like the thing that you get mo- that you were sort of most excited to see when you finally saw it? Would it have been mantas? Was it a certain species of shark? Like, what, what sort of excited you the most when you saw it the first time? Like, what do I want to see now or what? Well, yeah, like, what do you want to see now that you haven't seen, I guess? And also, what what sort of moment when you were diving in the past was just like, wow, I can't believe I just saw that? Uh, manta rays and whale sharks were the number one. Uh, well, they're, they're my favorite still. Yeah. Uh, whale sharks, um, I hear, are a big one. I can't. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to just... explain. It's hard to explain when you're, like, face-to-face with a whale shark and it's just like uh, they're so damn big he could he could just like flick you with his fin and murder you and he don't even <laughs> want. but they wouldn't he, you know, he because doesn't. they're like gentle giants yeah. right no yeah. that's 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 the feeling you get is like man he could do whatever he wants but he's so friendly that it's he it's, yeah. i don't know it's just magical um but these days things i want to see it's, it's hard because i've seen like everything but i was about to say yeah um there's certain species of sharks I want to see. Um, I finally got to cross up. And this is not big for Australians, I know. But uh, I really wanted to see a Wabagong shark. Oh, yeah. What the oh, heck yeah. is that? <laughs> you tell them, you've seen, I mean, Have you seen one? I've seen a few, but not, not while diving. Uh, mostly just you see them sometimes, you know, off the off the coast when you're in the beach. Like, it's a, <laughs> a reef. It's a reef shark. They're ugly. But, but <laughs> Are they so ugly they're cute? I think so. Uh, they definitely don't look like a shark. I, I filmed them in Raja and Pet. I finally found them, and I found 11 on one dive, and I oh, just wow. filmed them. And they just lay in the sand. They think they're invisible. I don't know. But they're flat. <laughs> they're really flat and okay. fat. And, uh, yeah, they're kind of like they got, they're sort of vaguely catfish-like. They're, yeah, they got these uh-huh. huge whiskers. Yeah, um, they're cool. Yeah. I, I don't know. They were on my – just because they're so unique. And, and the then name also is the, fun to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're only in Eastern Australia and like Papua New Guinea, Indone- uh, Eastern Indonesia. So they are kind of rare, even though Sydney people see them every day. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the other one is a walking shark. Uh, I think it's called an epaulette shark. Oh, maybe. Um, yeah. I, di- I didn't believe they they existed. I saw it on a David Attenborough documentary. And then on one of my trips to Papua, I I finally found them. It was that it was that dark at night. I was on the beach in front of my resort. Well, it's like a dive resort, and 
we just I just set up all these all my dive lights outside of the water and I was putting little fish like dead fish in the water mm. and all of a sudden they came up and they're only like two foot long with their tails. They're really, really small. Mm-hmm. Um and they're like they, they're kind of like leopard color mm-hmm. spots. Mm. Um but they actually get up on their fins and walk out of the water. Wow. That's yeah, crazy. I got, I got it on camera and I sold it to GoPro for like a thousand dollars. Wow! So they're like, is that fake? The shark is walking, like, dude. <laughs> so on the opposite end of the spectrum, because that's quite small. Have you have you dived with like uh, any whale species in your time? Like the bigger? Oh, that that's on my list as well. Because I haven't. I when I got certified in Mozambique, that goal is to dive with the humpbacks, and I never found them. We wanted to um, do that for our honeymoon this year because Tonga is famous for for diving with yeah, humpbacks. Yeah, but we're missing. But we're getting married too late in the year, and we can't really do our honeymoon before the wedding. So we're going to have to put it on hold because they're <laughs> they're gone. They're gone by October. Oh, come on! Bloggers can do honeymoon anytime they want. You know, yeah. If the whale says you go now, you go now. <laughs> Screw tradition. Now, now I just got to save up all the money to get to Tonga. That place is difficult yeah. to reach. Yeah, it's even from Australia, it was like not cheap to get to Tonga. Yeah. We we might be there in in uh, January February, but I don't oh, know. Nice. I, I don't think that's the right season. I think it's like June to August is the big one there. Yeah, I um, really want to. The only place I haven't really been is the Pacific. Oh shit! So, so there's wow. a lot that you've got to look forward to there because like yeah, I've done some Fiji's. Yeah, that's the top of my list. Like Palau, Micronesia. Um, yeah. I just had to turn down a few trips because uh, we're working, um, but. Uh, Micronesia, like Truck Lagoon, uh, Nook Bay. There's thousands. There, there's a whole fleet of Japanese warships got sunk there in the war. Oh man! Um, and there's so, another fleet in Philippines that I did get to dive on. So I really want to see the ones in Micronesia, uh, Solomon Islands. I just got invited by the tourism board. Um, I really want to see those areas. Are these nice. places that land on your hundred hundred? best diving yeah nearly nearly all of them nearly all of them so is that a list you compiled yourself or is that like is there an official kind of best in the world out there that you've you've used as your your guideline uh uh all of it there's a lot of of, like patty had like the top 20 there's like a sport magazine had top 10 top 20 whatever and i and then when I started diving all over the world, I, I kind of knew. And it's not just diving. You know how it is. You know about places that you haven't been just because you're doing so much research yeah. about where you want to go next. Um, plus, it's kind of my business now. So just based on re- research and places I have been, places that are um, like the, – the list also changed a little bit because – people start commenting like what the hell where's this place this place sucks why is this place on there why is this place not on there <laughs> no one's so it's evolved <laughs> yeah it, it evolved a little bit i mean most people are biased and i ignore them like oh how come my city you know but yeah um i think it's probably the best list in the world now because i mean even though reefs and stuff are changing uh i'm testing them all out i think i'm on, on number 45 right now Damn. and that's, that's one hell of it yeah, that's one hell of an expensive list, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, because I looked at that list. I'm looking at it right now, and it's scattered. Like, it's not like, oh, you can just sort of follow this line. It's like, now you've got to go to this, like, obscure island that you didn't know existed. Yeah, and 
last year, well, like I said, uh, well, when I, when I was running this on True Nomads on my old blog, I had sponsors for everything. I mean, they were patties flying me wherever I want to go, uh, whatever dive uh, or uh, tourism board, dive shops, gear companies. Uh, but now that I started this, I had to, even if I'm still sponsored by these people or I work with them or I'm an ambassador, I'm like, I need to take the year off. I can't be doing these trips because I was making videos and all the, you know, all those top 100. Mm. And that's, that's an impossible task because filming underwater just to make one 10 minute vlog type video about say uh, Malapasqua, I need, I need like 15 dives at least. Shit. Yeah. Because I mean, you don't know if the visibility is going to be bad that day. You don't know if you're going to not see anything. Mm -hmm. You don't know, like I flood a camera and then everything of the day is fucked. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't yeah, know if like you can get just lost. do it all in one shot. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like a selfie style vlog where you just, it's <laughs> so damn easy. So, so when I was doing this, they're flying me everywhere around the world. I did the around the world trip with Marriott and um, Star Alliance. They sent me oh, to wow. like 40 countries or 20 countries or something. Um, it was just impossible. It was too much work. Um, I'd have to do at least a week, week and a half, hopefully two weeks of diving just for one episode. And then I'd have to fly to the next one and I'd have, I mean, these take at least a week to edit because it's yeah, a lot of special yeah. effects. And, um, but then while I'm editing that one, I'm, I'm filming the next one. I have to fly to the next, you know, I, I was in Malpasco and then Dow and then Anilau, then mobile. Yeah. Then, wow. Um, you're not getting much sleep uh, on these trips, are you? <laughs> yeah. So I had to tell all my sponsors and everybody this year, now that I'm starting this new site, that if I want to make a real business out of this, I need to take a year off and not do any press trips. I don't care how much they pay, if they're free. I don't care, like, whatever. I'm not going to get any work done if I'm traveling like that. Yeah. So, um, what? yeah, this May, this May was one year, so – uh, we can take a little bit and a little bit of a break and we can start doing more trips like that again. Slowly, start, slowly starting to accept things, but at least you yeah. can kind of cherry pick the ones that you really want to do. Yeah, I'm definitely doing that. Um, I mean, when I came out with the list, all those places started contacting me. Like mm -hmm. that's why I went to Kenya and Dubai and they're like, hey, I'm on the list. You're asking here. <laughs> I need so, to make a list, clearly. I need to start making lists oh, and, yeah. and getting yeah. big enough that people notice them. Yeah. We've been to Florida a few times, but I, I just send writers. I have to send writers a lot of times because it's uh, if I've already done it and crossed it off the list, then I just don't have time. Yeah, it doesn't make sense for you to, to dedicate the time to it. I'll tell you, when I when I started, when I was in Mozambique, I never would have thought I would say those words, though. Yeah. I'm turning, <laughs> I'm turning down a paid trip to dive in the Florida Keys or the Egypt, you yeah. know. That's, that, those blogger never, <laughs> never would have thought I'd say that. No. Um. So this is going to kind of be a little bit of a left turn, but we got to kind of start wrapping it up a little bit. Um. Right. But. I know you mentioned bleaching earlier of the reefs and stuff like that. Is does scuba diving pose a lot of risk to Mother Nature, and how can it be avoided or that um, sort of thing? There's really two two sides to it, um, because on one hand, places are mismanaged, like uh, you know, a lot of the Caribbean 
um, Belize, Great Barrier Reef in Belize, where they just throw as many people as they can in, mm-hmm. or Kotal, Kosamui, where they they'll take groups of twenty Chinese or I think Chinese is the biggest uh, tourist population here now, but um, but you get my drift. Just mm-hmm. whatever, whoever it is, and just throw them out there. Okay, go. Let's go to these reefs, and then it's inevitable. Even one little kick, one little accident, and the whole reef is done. That took years and years and years to grow. So there is that side of it. But on the other side of it, um, you also you if more people are in the water, you, you're bringing a shitload of awareness to the mm-hmm. to the reef, to the water, to the sharks, whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I can There's say it's, like it's, it's definitely a double-edged sword because the more people you have in the water, the more chance you've got of an idiot standing on the reef or picking up a, an, a you know a sea cucumber and like manhandling it. But they're yeah. developing, a, but you're also developing that love for the reef, which I think if yeah. more people I mean, realize you, what it was. Jack, Jack Cousteau said nobody will save something unless they love something, and you can't love it unless you've seen it. Whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Like my Instagram, we do nearly daily um, shares of underwater like fish or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh turtles or whatever and i get constant messages of people like oh my god i didn't know these existed i'm addicted to your channel i can't believe uh i never knew this and this and this existed um i love it and i have young kids messaging saying uh because of you i'm i decided to make my my degree uh marine biology and oh, that's so cool yeah so if if there's no awareness, then nobody's gonna give a shit. Yeah. So if and if you don't get in the water, you're never gonna see a, a wabigong shark or a whale shark or a. Very true. There's always gonna if be you a don't little see bit a, of a risk. Yeah, you think you think you love manta rays, but you don't love them until you're like face to face with them. Yeah. And then <laughs> and then your life's gonna change. You're gonna be like, yeah, I'm not gonna throw some shit in the water. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to buy shark fin soup or whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I still get excited when I get clownfish swimming around me. Like, I know <laughs> that, like, they're finding Nemo and I've, everyone, you'll see them in almost any reef you go to, but there's just something about them swimming through anemones. It's just, it's just <laughs> beautiful. Those, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll be honest, those are my mortal enemies. Are they really? attacking you? Uh, people ask me all the time, what's the scariest fish? You <laughs> cage dive with great whites. I've gone on, like, bull shark dives. I've been on, like, everything you could think of and i'm like uh fucking nemo fuck, really fuck what do they do to you do they just bite you they, uh... i've been bitten like a thousand times by <laughs> i didn't even realize nemo. they bite <laughs> what you ever hear you ever hear this little when you're diving near nemo you hear this little like like yep. uh snapping it's them they're evil <laughs> See, I'm scared. They, I'm scared. They of make this. Fish. They make this popping sound with their no- uh, mouth, trying to scare you away. Like they shoot water out, and I'm like, "What the hell is that sound?" And then they do it in your ear when you don't listen, and then they bite your ass. Oh man! Because <laughs> well, I just, I just, um, I just found out about triggerfish on a recent dive, and they make me nervous because yeah, triggerfish. Depend on what country you're in, but triggerfish are scary little fuckers too. <laughs> always the small ones that think they're little pit bulls. They like fly at you and they have like teeth like a like a british person it's terrifying yeah. <laughs> like, they can, they can eat an apple through a chain link fence yeah it's terrifying but it's not the teeth that scare me it's like they'll like ram you at high speed like if they if they yeah. want to get rid of you yeah, yeah I, I don't got, like I anything coming footage. towards you know me. you know nick <laughs> that fast you know nick from goats on the road yeah yeah i know yeah uh, i took him through indonesia <laughs> 
he was deathly scared of triggerfish because they're really he got he got bitten in like Kotao or some shit. And uh, sure enough, <laughs> I'm like, why would you be scared of a triggerfish? And sure enough, one chased us in Raja. <laughs> and I was filming the whole thing, like Nick's scared shitless, like running away like a little girl. And I'm just laughing so hard. I turned around with the camera and he freaking grabbed my fin and like shook it like a dog. The, the trigger. Fish. The trigger fish did. Damn. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy and because I got like- him. I got it on camera. Him grabbing my fin and then he ran into my camera face first and it was hilarious. Holy crap. It's that crazy because you think karma. you see the. Yeah, <laughs> and, you, and you think that you see these fish and you're like they couldn't hurt me, but then you get into their air, like into their domain where you can't. You can't swing a punch underwater. You can't like grab it and yeah. throw it away. Suddenly, you're so powerless, like compared to like a small fish. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, ne- the thing with Nemos, or I don't even know why. Why the hell do I call them Nemos? But <laughs> the thing with them is they're so they never move. You know, more than like three meters, they always have their little house. Yeah. Mm. So they're so easy to film. So I'm always I hate them. I hate them, but I have to film them anyway. Um, and, and they always have those tiny little shrimps in their house, you know, so I'm always filming them. So my fiance, she's always laughing when she's watching me edit the footage because I'll set up the camera on the tripod, get it ready, uh, at the anemone. And you could hear in the background, ow, ow, you little fucker. (laughs) I'm trying to get ready. And this fucking Nemo is always biting me and she's laughing her ass off. Like you're getting your ass beat by a tiny clownfish. (laughs) that's, that's all i'm gonna picture like when you see these like picturesque videos of underwater beautiful creatures i'm just gonna picture you like cussing in the background <laughs> yeah yeah you don't know what i go through man it's, it's a jungle out there little Doodle nemos everywhere yeah. um well we've got to wrap this up but i think we have like a kind of a quick game uh oh yeah yeah fact or myth so we have a couple facts a couple myths um some statements basically and you can tell us whether they're scared so hopefully you get them right because you're supposed to know everything about diving (laughs) i'm I'm, I'm scared now (laughs) all right kate do you want to you want to lead sure uh you're gonna fact you're gonna fact check me or can i just answer i mean i think she's already got the answers but they're They're pretty i guess to them yeah i think you'll be fine we're taking it easy on you it's only your first time on this (laughs) So the first statement is you have to be a speedo sporting competitive swimmer to be able to be a diver. Uh, well, if if that was true, I would I would not be diving at all. <laughs> no, that's uh, definitely a myth. One. I think it helps. Like if you're a good swimmer, obviously that helps. But no, you don't have to. Oh, well, yeah, but you know, if if Chris is working on his air consumption, like he said, um, you actually want to swim less. And yeah, yeah. You That's want true. to take the swimmer mentality. I've do- I've dove with a lot of swimmers that they can't get it out of their head not to swim, mm-hmm. and they use up their tank. And it's not it's not about swimming. It's about like focus and thinking about your breathing and doing as little um, movements as possible. Actually, mm-hmm. um, so my one's a little different. It's uh, so you ca- you can dive even if you have a phys- physical disability. Oh, hundred percent. A thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been working with some guy, the instructors like Patty, they're doing a, a wounded veteran uh, um, events where they're getting uh, dudes that are missing legs or whatever uh, certified. Wow, that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, I worked with uh, Neil Mor- uh, 
Leo Morales in Mexico. He's also an ambassador for Patty, and he's missing a leg. Mm. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of other disabilities, obviously, but uh, yeah. yeah. There, when I came up with this one, it basically said like there's a lot of stuff. Obviously, you should check with your doctor first and get there okay. But yeah, it's it's almost always a uh, mentality, though. Yeah. Um. Scuba divers must carry a weapon with them at all times in case they come across a dangerous animal underwater. <laughs> well, you should, uh, you should carry a weapon never, actually. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, what's what's a dangerous animal? A Nemo or a shark? You, you stab a shark, you're probably just an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I've never yeah. carried anything. I mean, I, I used to carry a little knife or wire cutters just just so I can untangle a, a turtle or whatever if I see it, but mm. it's see, not for protecting me. You should carry a weapon. I like yeah. that idea. Yeah, I I don't <laughs> like these assholes. I think everything's dangerous and yeah. they're gonna protect me. No, you you bring little wire cutters or a little knife to save a turtle that's hung up in a fishing line or a fish or whatever. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the, the final one, once you're a certified open water diver, you no longer need to dive with a guide and can dive on your own. Yeah, even a dive master can't dive on its own, so, or you're not supposed to. So that's that's stupid. Well, yeah, this, one, this one came up as a fact, like you you don't have to, but it's definitely you should. I would there's like diff- ever. There, well, there's actually different laws in different countries. So in U.S., you actually can. Yeah. Um, but if you're a patty... Uh, uh, certified, they say you definitely can't. They have a very, very advanced course. It's called self-reliance that you can take, mm-hmm. but I, I don't recommend that for anybody until they've done rescue, at least. Mm. Um, if anybody's going to take any course, it should be your rescue course, because that gives you a lot of confidence. They beat the shit out of you, and you just you become a really good diver. Well, like your situation in, in Mexico, like if you had been with a buddy who hadn't gone off to hunt lionfish, your situation would have been infinitely better because it would have just been like grab yeah. my second stage and I'll yeah. And if I wasn't stuff. very, if I wasn't very experienced, experienced I'd, be, yeah. I'd be fucking dead. If that was Nick, he'd be fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> and there'd be trigger fish eating his corpse. <laughs> yeah, you, you tell him that they never would have found his ass. <laughs> yeah, because the last thing and you want to do in that situation is panic, and that's exactly what I, know I would, I would do. do. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. your your biggest tool is your buddy. Yeah. You know, yeah. the biggest safety uh, tool that you can use is, you know, that, that you, you shouldn't dive by yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that about wraps Shit. it up today. This was such yeah, a great but... chat. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I guess if, if people want to follow along with your, like, your adventures, where are they going to find you? Like your social, your URL for your site? Yeah, it's just artofscubadiving.com. And the only uh, social media we worry about is Instagram. And that's Art of Scuba. I, I have a YouTube, but like I said, I took the year off, so it's not that exciting right now. <laughs> oh, so worth checking out, though, if you want to see. Uh, yeah, see it's also Art of like. Scuba Yeah, it's also Art of Scuba Diving. It has a lot of macro um, videos and stuff like that. Cool. Great. Nice. Well, well, yeah, thanks for joining us. I think this was a lot of fun. Like, Scuba is such, yeah. a, such a cool topic, and I think it's good to have someone who, like, knows it inside out and has some fucking fun stories in there as well yeah i mean i know that i definitely want to get certified and this just really lit a fire under my ass (laughs) to make it happen yeah i promise you it's not as scary like you'll thank me you'll thank me after like the fourth dive um 
you'll you'll call me and not thank me on the first dive, but after the first dive, <laughs> you'll you'll thank me. Looking forward to it. Call me in like six months, and we'll talk about where I've been. Uh, <laughs> we'll check back in, see what's going on. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Justin, and um, everybody else. You already know where to find us. Uh, all, the, all the things. All the things. And we'll see you guys next Tuesday. Peace. Bye. See you.